Okay, so that's my offer. I deliver a rig big enough to haul that tanker of yours, you give me back my vehicle and as much juice as I can carry. We lost eight good people this morning. Now, to do the job, I need five gallons of diesel and some high-octane gasoline. Think of it as a down payment. And that's the last we'll ever see of him. He has to come back for his wheels. What have we got to lose? Got yourself a deal. Did somebody ask for a puzzle? What is the what? And what is the why? This is the What and the Why podcast, now running on the last liter of unleaded in the country. Don't panic. Tim's here. Welcome to this decade's What and Why podcast. There'll be none of this. License to trail. Plenty of spell. James Bond. James Bond. don't particularly like James Bond films, although if we do do a film section called our film section, we might have to mention it. But there will be some of this. You cannot change the laws of physics. Laws of physics. Laws of physics. You cannot change the laws of physics. Laws of physics, Jim. Oh, we cannot teach. Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. We cannot teach. Shoot to kill. Scotty, beat me up. It's worse than that. He's dead, Jim. Dead, Jim. Dead, Jim. It's worse than that. He's dead, Jim. Dead, Jim. Well, it's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as we know it. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know it, Captain. Yeah, Because I do like a lot of that. And seeking out new Northwest frontiers, here's our very own bones. Doctor... David Waywell. Ah, oh, you see I, what I did there, David. I, I did, but I'm, I'm really disappointed you said there's going to be no license. I just got my license to kill it. You don't even let me talk about it. This is terrible. Oh. Well, no, because you'd have to kill me after telling me that you'd got your license. I, I, I only do it on Her Majesty's Secret Service, so I think you're safe. Unless you've crossed Her Majesty lately, but I don't think you have, have you? So is that the only film you like that is a Bond film? Uh, I actually, I used to be a huge fan of Bond. Um I actually have a Sean Connery signed photo. I think it was, I was it was like a present after graduation. Um, my mum once danced with Sean Connery. So, did she? yeah, my, my no, mom, I was going to make a terrible joke then, but I'm not going to. My mum danced with a uh, what was it, Valentine, the uh, cricketer, West Indian cricketer. Him and they used to, the oh, West gosh. Indian cricketers used to be in mm. some uh, palace ballroom in Manchester. I think my mum. Oh, who knew? Oh, but which remi- you've reminded me that if we do get onto football, to to condemn a disgraceful chant by Leeds United fans uh, against Watford on Saturday. I didn't. But I didn't hear about that. Uh, well, no, no, it's it's just routine. Um, so we said we weren't going to talk about James Bond. We almost clearly are. But first, let's get the flipping uh, what is it called? Geopolitics and all the serious stuff. <laughs> Out of the way, and then let, we can talk about that Haribo bloke, whatever his name is, um, from Insulate Extinction Rebellion. Um, and do you know why I, uh, I've meant, I've referenced Star Trek? Uh, yeah, because you're going to be going into space with William Shatner, aren't you? Uh, I am. I've paid my four hundred grand or whatever it is, yeah, and yeah. Uh, me, me and uh, James T. Oh, you you are on top of the news, aren't you? Oh, I'm a big space nerd though, so I follow. Oh, me I mean, Blue Horizons is a sort of. It's not. It's not really that interesting. It's SpaceX where all the exciting stuff's going on. But oh yeah, you know, I mean, you'd say Jeff, Jeff, much as I admire you, uh, but you know, no, I won't go to space with you because I don't really know. Well, yes, of course well, you would. Well, it's questionable. But to be honest, it's even questionable whether they go whether to space. It's space. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, Afghanistan, David. Oh, are you going to? Well, you've not explain? warned me what we're going to talk about this week, so I'm completely <laughs> flying by. You know. <laughs> My I have the advantage. Yeah, but you can you can introduce some uh, some subject for about a minute and a half, and then we'll move on back to the things <laughs> I chose. Thank um, you, Afghanistan. Yeah. Oh, right. So you know we're really on the ball. It's only about six weeks too late. What do you want to know? 
Uh, I don't. I, my, my, <laughs> well, it's don't. not that I necessarily want to know anything. I, I think I actually wrote about it at the time, and it reminded me. I don't know if you remember we had. Um, I came to London once, and we went to that little reactions do. Just, we had. just, just the once. Yeah, just the once. And we were. Did you have passport with you? <laughs> we were talking to two blokes about. Um, there had been like the big, you know, the big school school shooting in America, and yeah. these two chaps were saying, you know, it's going to change the face of gun culture in oh, America forever. And please. I said to them, no, no, just give it a few days, let it relax, let's. See. And so, it, so it proved. And I, I was saying the same about Afghanistan. I thought, mm. if you've watched films or American culture for the last twenty years, you know that. The, the 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 attitude has always been we need to get out of Afghanistan we need to get mm. out of Iraq mm. there was there was problems there was mistakes there was logistical problems but the political decision was always going to be made um, there's a film on Netflix called The War Machine starring Brad Pitt and it's from a book I forget the name of the book but in the book it actually talks about Biden and Obama and how mm. Biden was always a case of get the troops out now get the oh, troops yeah. out now so it was never a surprise. It, I, I I am of the camp that it was always going to be messy. I, I don't think you can withdraw from a country like that. I mean, especially given the fact that the the army collapsed so quickly. Was it a day? Two days? Something? It was. Uh, well, it 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 happened very very slowly and then very very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Which and is very a kind very quickly which, over three days. Yeah. Which is itself a kind of you might you could argue. Well, if they couldn't even do that, maybe America shouldn't have been supported. I mean. I am also of the camp that, you know, you do need to have a footprint in these places. It makes strategic sense. But I think from a political point of view, I think it was probably in the okay. long term good for Biden. Well, you've mentioned Messi. Well, I'm in the new camp of... Um, <laughs> you see what I did there? Thank Dear you. God. I'm in the new camp of um, thinking it, that how it was done was a huge mistake. But um, I cannot fault the hard logic of actually doing it but the yeah. way it was done was awful yeah you're right look um basically they collapsed slowly 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 over a very long time the americans either didn't report up the chain of command what they knew certainly at a certain level that this idea that there was i don't know 400,000 afghan troops was nonsense yeah. there was you know there was maybe 300,000 with 100,000 names on a payroll which the americans paid every month yeah. <laughs> and, and, the, yeah. and the high officers pocketed it and you know the rest of them half of them were, were asleep when they were training um and yeah. you know x percent of them were in isis anyway it, oh sorry the taliban etc etc and so th they could have stuck with it but again from the hard geopolitical um stance they don't really have that essential interest in afghanistan so they were no. always going to go so they've gone but the manner of it was awful um, yeah, totally agree with that. Yes, and, and it's to be condemned. Um, my, one of my other bugbears is that I don't think the, the term the West is useful much in this century. I think it's a 20th century concept, but in this particular uh, instance, it was a defeat for the West. Now, the last bit before I move on, unless you have any other insights or questions, um, <laughs> is that people have said it's a Saigon moment, and I agree. But they've drawn from that that it's all over for America. That's it, you know, terminal decline. Uh, they can't recover, and I think that's absolute nonsense. I think that in some ways they've almost already recovered. Because yeah, it is. Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, no. no go I was going to say I just thought the Saigon reference was like a little bit lazy myself. I mean, the two yes, because because were very different. They, they, they were, um, and there is no Cold War, etc. But yet, there's going to be another one, but. Yeah, they just didn't need need to be there, and they're out. Um, I mean, there is sorry, a, I was going to say go some on. some of what happened is a symptom of Biden. I mean, if you watch Biden long enough, uh, we knew what Trump's weaknesses were, but we also knew what Biden's weaknesses were. He's too emotional. He's too invested emotionally in some things, and he's got a temper. And I think basically he's yeah. just sort of said, "I want those troops out now. Get them out." And he's not really. Yeah. He's allowed his heart to rule his head a little bit much, and I think that yeah. was the consequence. He wasn't yeah, listening well, to people, was he really? Yeah, but hang on, Trump doesn't appear to have a heart or a head. What, what no, was no, ruling I, him? I, 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 no, I totally agree. I mean, I think Biden is hugely preferable to, uh, to Trump, but, yeah. uh, the, the, you know, he's not without his flaws. Nobody's without flaws. Yeah. E even um, you. What? Well, <laughs> well um, oh, come on, you support Leeds. That's a huge flaw. Yeah, but, but we have a saint 
as a manager. We, um, sorry, no, sorry, let's come on to Leeds if we can, but sorry, Afghanistan, to finish off. Um, yes, I think, it, I, I accept that Saigon is a bit lazy, but as a shorthand, it, it's useful. But, you know, the, the, the thing that people didn't then go on to say is that, oh, but they got over Saigon, they got over Vietnam. People said then their internal decline and they came roaring back uh, in, in the 80s. Uh, and I, I think they will do again. And the other last thing, um, although I would briefly like to ask you what you thought of that general, which I'll come back to. Lastly, um, I don't think the conclusion in Beijing and Moscow is that, um, ha-ha, it's all over. No, I think no, it's ha-ha, yeah, ha, yeah. that, was, that was funny, but well, the they're going to concentrate on us now. Yeah, well, the pivot immediately was to China, yes, wasn't it? With the, uh, exactly. whatever it's called, the A-Suffolk, a, a or whatever it's called. <laughs> a terrible this is a family group. podcast. Sorry, whatever the hell it's called. What's the... Uh, What's the uh, ASUK, whatever? Orcus. Orcus, that's it, yeah. <laughs> I like so to call it Orcs, because it's very Orcs for the French. I think I'm remembering a, foul, a, a vulgar cartoon about it, but yeah. So, I mean, they immediately pivoted to that. I mean, whether yeah. that was another mistake. Really. So, this general who uh, is, I forget his name, not Mattis, um, the, one, the one in the new book who basically says oh, that yeah. He, yeah. he was ready to countermand um, yeah. uh, uh, any orders Millie. from Trump. Millie. Yes. Um, I completely understand him, and, and um, if you've got a madman in the White House, but uh, Trump wasn't a madman, but it, it, I think it's dangerous territory for him uh, to openly be saying, I was prepared to refuse, not, not just refuse and resign orders, but just not carry them out. That's not the role of the military in a democracy. Yeah, he's the chairman of the... Um Joint Chiefs of Staff. staff. Yeah. So, so actually, I don't think he was even in the line of command. I think he was actually um, interceding in the line of the command. And there's there are huge problems with it. Uh, yeah. But I think your 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 assessment of Trump, whether Trump's mad or not, I think mm. I am more questioning about his mental state because I know we had a podcast immediately after the you know the January the sixth yeah. riots, and you asked me, do you think it was sedition? And I said, I don't think it was. Uh, I'm increasingly thinking it was. I, th- I think there's that. that I th- so what you mean is you were wrong. Yeah. I think. I think. Although on the ground on the day it didn't look as serious as I think. As you know, sedition and you mm. know, overthrow and coup and all those words, which are you know, you expect tanks moving in, you know, people taking over communications. Mm-hmm. What's happening in America is a very, very strange situation with the Republicans trying to undermine the democratic system. Uh, they want, they do really want to disenfranch- disenfranchise voters. They really do want to take control of the the, 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 the mechanisms of democracy. You know, it's a coup, it, it's well, it's sedition, mm. but with a very small S and a small E. But, well, yeah. uh, some, of, some of what you just said, I agree, but, but I... Um... I'm not convinced that that ragtag bunch certainly wasn't a coup. No, no, attempt, no, no, no. But, it, but no, sedition, but uh, I, you may have I, something there. I think there's there, there's an atmosphere in American politics where one side are trying to fight a, demogra- a demographic battle against, you know, obviously immigration, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, they are ending up holding some pretty extreme views about, you know, democracy. And it's quite We can scary. agree on that. But I think you'll agree with this. Um, can you imagine if Obama... Uh, was considering giving orders, and it came out that the the, the military oh, were going totally. to refuse them. There would be outrage, totally. But because it was against a, a different American president, it kind of breezed past. But I think it's actually a pretty serious thing. Yes, but I think this goes back to something. I think we must. I know I've written about God knows how many times over the last four years. America's democracy and America's system of government is almost relies on good faith of people. Mm-hmm. And because it relies on good faith, it's never really been tested. And the president seems to have far too much power. They, they need to have just a little bit more restraint on what the president can and cannot do. Um, I think this idea of... I think this romantic notion of this guy with the, the nuclear football next to him all the time, and he can push the button at will, is a little bit scary because I think Trump... I don't think Trump was ever brave enough to do that. I think he basically was a coward who would always look after number one. And I think that's what all that that was what it was always about. But I think he's kind of highlighted the weaknesses weaknesses of the system. And um, hmm. is yeah. he going to run? Can he win if he does? I think he could run. I think he might. I think he is actually lining up to run. Hmm. Can he win? Probably. Probably. And on that note, let's move to uh, another 
gentleman with uh, extreme views, this <laughs> Roger Haribo chappy, whatever his name is, um, insulate Britain. Oh, I've, I've not followed this. Is he is he oh, related to the uh, the fizzy tango toffee things? The no, that, that was just my pathetic nickname for him because I'm not very keen on him. It's Roger Hallam. Oh, sorry. Um, but I, I enjoyed your description of of, of those wonderful of Harry Bows, yeah, yeah, sours. Um, because they do, you know, cause people to um, it excites their brains, and um, Mr. Hallam has got a very excitable brain. Um, Right. I, sorry, I assumed you were hanging on his every word, given that you don't live anywhere near the M25, as do I. <laughs> yeah, of It's course. become part of your routine, you know. Well, um, if you're going to go anywhere, you check, you know, are these people sitting down in the middle of the motorway or not? Yeah, do you mean around London? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, look. Yeah. Right, new readers start here, by which I mean you. Well, me, I'm in the north. I don't I don't give a yeah. stuff what happens. You, w- you, you, you wait till they, they try and blockade whichever country lane you live on. Then you'll... Um, where were we? Right, Extinction Rebellion, as you know, did X, Y, and Z and stopped tube trains and hammered Sup- through... They superglued the buttocks to railway All bridges that. and things, yeah, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Now, they're not... Um, rebellious enough for the founder, Roger Hallam, who has been, I think he was expelled, and I think he was um, deemed to have some extremely uh, offensive views on certain uh, minorities. And uh, some, he had some, some, some funny views. So he's now gone off and formed um, uh, Insulate Britain, <laughs> which is a bit, do what? What? You mean what? You want a fog in channel, continent cut off? No. The, the, basically, the government has to make sure that all houses are properly insulated because that will reduce um, our heating and therefore our emissions. Right. So um, there is a reason to talk about this, I promise. There's, well, there's two reasons uh, which are in, uh, connected. Hallam, I re- believe, is an extremist, and he probably would agree he is, because he thinks that extreme measures are required. Now, the extreme measures have been walking onto motorways and stopping them, the Blackwall Tunnel, other things, absolute chaos. Uh, not taking into account that there are now thousands of cars uh, sitting, most of them idling their engines uh, for hours on end because it's cold and emitting all those greenhouse gases, that's one thing. And also, I believe, putting off most people from the very cause. Now, that brings me to what I really wanted to ask you about. As far as I understand it, insulate. Oh, and he wants people to go to prison. He wants to get arrested, and all. That's why they keep going back and back and being arrested each time until eventually they're going to do prison terms, possibly. Depending, I mean, it's a it's a weird law where apparently at the moment the, you can just get the maximum is a thousand pound fine, but I, I suspect eventually some of them will end up in prison, and he wants that. He wants mass incarceration. In America, uh, in these uh, similar circles, there is a, a view that. If we take the 1960s as an example, alongside Martin Luther King and alongside the uh, the bus protests and the cafe protests, etc., etc., you needed also the Black Panther movement. You needed the ultra-extremists because they are the very sharp end that gets all the headlines, allowing the more moderate people to move through the gap and advance the cause. And consequently, yeah, we all love that nice fella on the telly um, who does green work. Uh, hello, Britain's National. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, have you dropped uh, off? No, no. Well, I, was, I was just listening to your 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 your, your um, you know eloquence. Thank you, somebody. Britain's National Treasure. Um, um, David Bellamy. You know, yes, sorry. No, well, yes, David Bellamy. That's exactly who I was thinking. And that other bloke that is less well known. Does oh you can tell country, I don't watch telly. Country watch the uh, the bloke with the office. yeah but him as well him yeah. as well and the bloke who does the gardening uh, oh, and yeah, and probably yeah. Fred Fred Dinage Monty Don yeah I'll yeah just name TV celebrity Alan Titchmarsh yeah he'll do yeah heroes like him no that oh for God's sake David Attenborough thank you oh, oh all right so so yeah. you're only talking about the country's biggest like national treasure yes Sorry, exactly I, well I did say the national treasure to try and tip you into it okay. anyway yeah so. You know, therefore, goes this theory, Harry Bow and his lot open up the space in which the mainstream protest goes through to advance the cause. Discuss. Um, I, I have I've heard that argument before. I think, I think mm. there's always been arguments about 
uh, Martin Luther King how much he kind of quietly embraced like the more violent and radical side of it because of what you've just expressed you know the idea mm. that they did have to have like multiple fronts and mm. uh, I, I mean I, what can you say do I agree with, do I think any of the arguments make sense no I don't I don't think I think Extinction Rebellion are making huge mistakes. I think they're just you've, pa- you've passed. No, I just think they're <laughs> going to irritate people. But yeah. I kind of, as as much as I, you know, I, I condemn them. I totally condemn them. But in a small way, I understand the frustration because yeah. having viewed what's happened around vaccines and people unwilling to do something for the common good of everybody else. I think the idea of people giving up cars and changing their lifestyles and stopping eating meat, it's, I, I don't know how you bring about that kind of radical change. I, I, obviously, my, attitude, my, my feeling is it has to come from government and you have to have governments who mm. are more committed to it. You have oh. to have you know, huge changes to the way we think about life. But I agree with you, but it has to come from elsewhere as well because actually yeah, no. the corporate world, uh, some of them are embracing... Uh, green factors. Other others are just paying lip service to it. But oh, I, I think yeah. it needs to be a, a, a multi-pronged attack. But but going back to Roger Hallam, he I don't know if you saw the footage. Um, this poor woman was following her mum in an ambulance. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's worth a watch. As is the people dragging uh, the protesters out of the road because the police won't do it. Um, which is a you know a, a serious problem. If the public starts thinking, well, they're not going to bloody do it, we will. You know that that's not a good place to be. I completely understand them. But yeah. Not. So uh, she's trying to she's following the ambulance. The ambulance has gone on ahead, and then um, they move in, and she's stuck, and she can't go with her elderly eighty-something mother to the hospital. And she's pleading with them. She's only two or three cars back. She's pleading with them. And they're just saying, no, you know, what What are we supposed to do? This is an emergency. We have to do these things. But it just comes across as utterly heartless. So Hallam is then asked in a podcast a few hours later, uh, would you have moved? He says, nope. Uh, it's then put to him, if there was an ambulance in with somebody dying and they were trying to get into the hospital, would you move? And he said, nope. Now... That is that is that's going to put off ninety nine point nine percent of the public, and I, so going back to this original argument about extremism opening up the gap, I think things like that does the opposite. It's it just engenders a screw you, and and eventually this is going to get violent if they carry on. Um, I mean, again, what, watch the footage. Some paramedics actually, and this is not within their remit. Some paramedics in uniform actually are getting older. These guys and. Uh, on the, on the motorways and whatever, by their collars and just dragging them to one side. And eventually there was enough of them in the public that they would drag enough off to get a few cars through before they then get up and sit back down. And then they were dragging them off again. And again, you know... It's most dangerous, of the thinking, it? Oh, God. Well, yeah, because tempers will flare. Yeah, I mean, it's like the forecourt stuff situation. But it's, it, there was a story. There was Somebody was telling me a story the other day about, you know, the um, Hil- was it Dr. Hillary, whatever his name is. Him, yeah. Another, Off, nas- um, another national don't... treasure, yeah. He's, they were saying, like, some, some of these anti-vaxxers... It, Good set- Morning Britain, is it called? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, some anti-vaxxers have set up, like, a protest outside his house with loudspeakers, <sighs> and the police have refused to move them. But um, it's just fundamental. How, how is that not a breach of the peace or... Uh, I'm sure they must have said something that's an incitement. You know, I, we, I was with when I went, I went to Fulham Leeds the other day, and we were talking about this um, beforehand. That if we suddenly decided, oh, we feel very strongly about X as football fans, and on the way to the ground, we sat down on the uh, Fulham Palace Road, it's a reasonably busy road going up to Hammersmith Roundabout, the cops would come along within about two minutes, they'd have the batons out, and we'd be out. Yes, but I think the problem with that is Fulham Leeds. Uh, Leeds aren't part of the culture war, and Fulham aren't part of the culture war. I think the police have, uh, seem to have been positioned, I don't know why, I don't know how it's happened, in this very tricky position where I just don't think they like to be seen taking sides. I, I can't explain it. I saw the um, the anti-vaxxers attacking... Did they attack the BBC, the old BBC studio? I mean, they put the wrong studios, which yeah. says something about them. No, 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 just just allowed, you know, just to start hammering at the doors, kicking to the doors, you know, insulting, scaring people. And they, they're not a, a lot of people. We, we just seem oh, to... I, mean, I, wrote, I wrote a piece the other day about the perceived lack of stupidity in this country is overstated. Yes, I saw there's, that. Plenty, there's a plentiful supply of it. And it really is the case. We just, we've just got this 
I mean, what percentage of people aren't vaccinated? 15%? And only a small mm. number of them are going to have medical exemptions, good reasons to do it. So mm. there's just this kernel of about 10% of people in this country who are complete bloody idiots. But I suppose that's the statistics, isn't it? You're always going to have that in a population. Yep. I don't. Yep. I always fall back on the, t- the true story that after the Gutenberg Press was invented, which. Um, you know, massively accelerated our learning and, and science and all the rest of it. But it also, uh, there was there was a, an explosion of books printed about witchcraft and what to do about these terrible witches that are everywhere, which, <laughs> yeah. which, which, because by people who believed in witches, and of course a lot of people did, and those books actually were part of what fueled the burning of hundreds of women. So yeah, you know, um, so I don't know what, why I said that? Should we go on to start? No, it's just well, no, but it's no, but it is. It's social media. Social media amplifies the films. Yeah, the yeah. media. That's I mean, what I was groping towards. Yeah, Thank because, you. Because because I mean, it's just it is probably. I mean, I think it is a, the, by the definition of the statistic, less than fifty about fifty percent of people in the UK have got an IQ of less than a hundred, and you know it's going to be a bell curve, you know. But towards the extent of it, you're still going to get a lot of people who um, you could have people with, an, with you could have a Mensa. Um, oh, you can. Yeah, that's who, true. No, that's. That's true. That's true. But there is a. There's clearly something happening in our culture. I noticed in America, you know, the abortion thing is going to blow up. It's going to be a huge, huge thing in the next. Yeah, election. Roe versus Wade. And the um, protests over yeah. the weekend, and it was amazing how all the ones pro. Uh, but that's not IQ. Rights, that's not no, IQ. No, 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 no. But the ones who were pro pro women's rights were wearing masks, and the ones who weren't, mm. you know, anti weren't wearing masks. There's a there's something happening in our culture where there's this. I don't know. There's there's. There's something strange afoot. Let's just blame Facebook. I'll move on. Oh, let's. I've been blaming them for years, and I've been arguing for years that they are a malign uh, influence. Um, yeah, I don't use them. I've never never yeah. used them. Right. Um, if I was to... Oh, David, um, I, I, it's a little surprise for you. The whole um, podcast is a surprise. In fact, the fact we're doing a podcast has been a surprise. Um, I'm going to give you £400,000. Everybody heard that. That yeah. was on, that yeah. your verbal verbal agreement. Yeah. All right. Well, as you are now playing the lawyer, I will remind you of what we used to say to each other. When, <laughs> well, not you and I, but you used to say to someone when you were twelve. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Four hundred thousand pounds of potatoes. Actually, that's quite expensive. That is expensive. Four hundred thousand pounds of of, of rock. <laughs> still, In fact, that, that takes quite a bit of quarrying. I hope you've got all right. heavy, heavy the statue to back this up. The statue of, um, did I tell you, have I told you, I've got a a, a life-size statue of Marcelo Bielsa in my back garden. A doll? I didn't, have I not told you about this? No. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not dodgy, is it? It's not like, you know, you don't go out and hold it, do you? I worship it. probably do. I do, I've got photographs of me with my arm around him. Have you really? Yeah, well, and um, is it yeah. late? Is it is it made from rubber? No, it's made from real um, cast, cast iron metal. It's, oh, it takes sorry. three people to move it. It is oh. a proper life size statue of Marcelo oh, Bielsa, the Legion. I thought it was going to have like seductive lips, and you know, go on. Go well, on. I, I I find his lips very seductive, <laughs> and every word that comes out of them um, also seductive. Right, sorry. Um, so are you telling me about your life-size doll of Marcelo Bielsa? It's not a doll, it's a statue. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Right, um, guy I know, bloke in Yorkshire made a life-size statue of Marcelo Bielsa sitting on his famous blue bucket, okay? In cast iron or whatever it's made of. It's extremely heavy, I can't lift it. This fellow who's a Leeds fan, uh, sorry, it's put up for a, a raffle, charity raffle. This guy, a uh, Leeds fan from Leeds, wins... Uh, probably never expected to. Just you know, I mean, I sometimes go into you know, I'll, I'll give something as a charity raffle. I don't even want to win, but you know, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, well, he's got a one-bedroom flat in Streatham in London, you know, and and, and he's married. So yeah, he's gonna Marcelo's going to come and live with them. <laughs> so he got in touch with me, and he said, mm, "Could you uh, could you look after Marcelo for a couple of years?" So I've agreed to have uh, Marcelo. Uh, in my back garden although it's getting colder now he might have to come under the awning at the back Um, is it made from brass sorry I was going to make it could be where there's there's muck there's brass Um, but no I've grown very very fond of him Um, it is pathetic but I do nod to him as I pass I do say morning it's a bit weird but life size um, this this is life size have I not not seen photographs of this why have I not seen photos I will send you a photograph of me and Marcelo together uh, yeah, having a little sit on his chat. knee. 
Have a look at sit on his knee. Oh, I could. Um, well, no, he's leaning forward with his hands. Oh, is and, it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, oh I'm, I love it. I don't I want this imagine. Bloke. I don't, I'd never, I'd never want to. I never want to give him up. Well, does the bloke know you're not going to now give him up? No, I have to. Um, yeah. and, uh, no. Right. Um, sorry. <laughs> what made me think of that? Um, don't know. Anyway, you said I was going to. Oh, gonna I, give me four hundred thousand. I'm going to give you four hundred thousand pounds. You should have said of air because then you know. There you go. In fact, it's already there. It's already you got there. It? You've delivered it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Breathe in, <laughs> because. You can then use that, potentially, if, if you can play the same trick on Jeff Bezos, to go to space. Are you oh, going? Uh, I wouldn't go, no. And I think I think, uh, I think uh, Elon Musk has got the best attitude. He thinks it's too dangerous still, so I kind of agree with Elon Musk. Oh, I, I could not pass up that opportunity if somebody else paid. Oh, I just It's just a dream. Anyway, James T. Kirk, the actor who played Captain Kirk in the Star Trek series, is to embark on a real-life journey into space. People that are on the media who speak into microphones have to talk like this. Somebody said to me just the other night, when they didn't know me, and um, I forget who it was, um, but it was just two complete strangers with a group of lads that I was with at the football, and one of them, when he heard what I did and used to do, he said, have you got the voice? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Tom Waits was a really good one of those for the radio. It's like, it's four o'clock in the morning. You know, that lovely yeah, kind of thing yeah. they have where they Oh, no, well, Tom Waits can, can do that morning. It's, uh, you know, LA, 5 yeah, yeah. yeah, no, but, but the, uh, the, the, the news broadcast voice, you know, I mean, I always joke that, that people must come down for breakfast and say, this morning I'll have cornflakes with some milk. <laughs> You know, why do they talk like that? I didn't talk like that when yeah. I was in the news. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's it's one of the funny things when you start doing podcasts, you start listening to yourself, you realise you don't have the voice. And I don't know how you get the voice. It must be well, a- I don't think you should. You should. You, I mean, all right, at the beginning, um, um, God said, let there be like No, at, in the beginning, uh, I was feeling my way into it. And basically, everybody impersonated Alan Wicker. And for younger viewers... Yeah. Um, here we, we are. are. Fil- we are filming this. Yeah. It's just that we've both we've both turned our cameras off. Yes, here we are in this island somewhere in the Pacific, and that was his natural style. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think a generations of, of people sort of copied it. And I admit, at the beginning, I had no bloody idea. Yeah. And I particularly remember the first time I ever filed from Paris, and I ended up saying Francois Mitterrand, and I thought that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> Francois Mitterrand sounds so much better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you eventually you find your own voice, and some of the better ones, um, you know, don't do all that. But a majority of them still say US tech billionaire Jeff Bezos' space travel company, Blue Origin, confirmed that William Shatner would be blasting off from Texas on the 12th of October. What age was- nine. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I go, no, no, you're the important bit age. And I say, no, what always amazes me is people aren't self-aware enough to think to themselves, actually, the people who talk like that are the ones who are immediately forgettable. It's the ones who retain the character. You think, mm-hmm. oh, I like, I like that one. Yeah, yeah well, Martin, Martin Bell. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he, he not only had his own delivery, but he was this master writer. I mean, my favourite was, um, he opened a piece from Bosnia with, we awoke to the sound of gunfire. Yeah. I mean, you know, New readers read on. This is... Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Shatner, uh, uh, also known as Captain Kirk, he's 90 years old. He's going to become the oldest person to uh, fly into space. Possibly also uh, the heaviest. I'm hoping to, <laughs> you know. Actually, almost certainly. Yeah. God, he's heavier than my statue of Marcelo Bielsa. <laughs> Bless him. Well, there's uh, a good use for your 400,000 quid. You can send yeah, Marcelo Bielsa send oh. into space. Um, they, did it, be they did it with a Sorry, card, didn't they? Do you know, fancy a massive oh, I, no, orbiting yes. the sun forever. Oh, well, yeah. Was it Bezos that put the car in no, the spaceship? No, no, that, that was Musk. That was Musk right. the Tesla. Right, so basically I need to Musk to do another one of those, but to put my statue of Marcello yeah. in the driving seat. That's and then, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, um, Bezos, I love the way this is written. Amazon founder Jeff, Jeff Bezos joined the first crewed flight in July along with his brother, an 82-year-old pioneer of the space race. Wallyford. And an eight... Yeah, but 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 okay. It does have a comma oh. along with his brother, an eighty-two-year-old pioneer of the space race, and an eighteen-year-old student. Yeah. So ah, there was three of them. But the way it's written, his brother's eighty-two, and I'm thinking, okay. how come Jeff Bezos has got an eighty-two-year-old brother? Anyway, yeah. um, it's going to last ten minutes. It will take the crew just beyond the Carmen line, and as a sci-fi yeah. bo- bo- buff, buff, you'll, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, whatever, 100 kilometres yeah. in it. Or the most widely recognised boundary of space, which lies 100 kilometres above the Earth. Blah, blah, Audrey Powers, oh, Austin. No, Audrey Powers is, will be on board. Uh, blah, blah. Canadian actor. Canadian actor Shatner? Did you know that? I think he's Canadian, yeah. I well, it says prob- it is here. Yeah, yeah I think I knew it. So it, it must Canadian. be true. Oh. It's actually good, weird because in, in America, they actually have a different line. I think it's quite a bit low. It's somewhere like 80 kilometres. And that's how, um, yeah. uh, what's his name? Branson got away with yes. calling himself. Well, in my latest book. In oh, sorry, in, in your latest book. Okay, in my go. latest book, there's a chapter sorry, on space. Sorry, I forgot about the ubiquitous plug. I'll just turn off for five minutes. Go on. Well, no, if you could plug it and say congratulations. I'd oh, be very sorry, congratulations. I'll, I'll edit this out. On, congratulations like. on... Oh, congratulations on your best-selling book and... Uh, in, particular, be, in particular because in October because it's... it's uh, because it's coming out in paperback. It's, and is and, the... And is the best book ever written by a human yes. being. Yes, is the water... It's water, the Waterstones book, book of the century. Of the... Millennium. Yes. Millennium. I'll move on. Jesus. Anyway, yeah, he's Canadian. Come on, those. Let's be serious. I know it's coming out in paperback. Did you not? All right. Look, I I now feel bad and guilty, but uh, not really. Not enough. You've got to plug it. Thank you. Waterstones have been kind enough to make it the non-fiction book of the month. I'm really, really pleased. Thank you very much, no, Waterstones. I'm, I'm very glad for you and Waterstones. Yeah, I, I do Power lot, of Geography. I do a lot of uh, my I do all my book purchasing from Waterstones, so yeah. Power of Geography. Oh yeah, Power of the Geography. Power of Geography. Power of Geography. Yeah. Right. Um yeah. Sorry. So in the, the last chapters about the geography of space, we do talk about this because not everybody agrees where it starts and finishes, yeah. and consequently, because we don't have the legal framework, um, if you if I put my satellite only fifty nine miles above your country, am I in your airspace? Can you blast it out? Etc. Etc. Yeah. It's it's something that needs dealing with. Anyway, I was going to say there's a moral author, there's a moral issue here. It's like I don't know whether these much. people should be called astronauts. I just I feel we're moving into the age of space tourism. I think astronauts should be reserved for pioneers and people who've like the uh, I think the people who did it last last week for um, the new Dragon one. You know the one where the um, it was for I think it was a rich yeah. billionaire who bought it, but they had trained for months and they actually did something which was like a little bit unique because they'd gone higher than the space. I was it a little the, bit unique or was it unique? Yeah, because something is either really unique or it's not. Of, no, you know that's the kind of pedantry I really admire. Almost, almost that, a no, virgin. No, that is yeah. brilliant. I, I can't believe. I Thank felt, you. I said, Guilty. I feel. I'm going to wear my hair shirt tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll have, you know, I've got I've got to punish myself for that. There, it it they did something new. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm on form. You're oh, going to go and cry after this. Yeah, I'm going to go and cry. Yeah. I haven't got a statue in the back garden of Jurgen Klopp to go cry over. Oh, do you were? Uh, did I, I preferred him with glasses? You know, he's had his eyes lasered. I preferred him with glasses. I, yeah. It's weird. It is weird. He's more human. I, he, he was, yeah. But then again, as somebody who's just started to think I need glasses, mm. um, I kind of. I kind of begin to see why you would have them done because they were a pain in the ass. Uh, well, I had my eyes lasered um, 20 years ago and I'm well chuffed. Still. For reading? No, for distance. Oh, is it? No, I, have, I am yeah. having a little bit of distant trouble like, close up. I think it's all the drawing I do. I kind of get a bit. Mm-hmm. So I think it happens after the age of 40. You start to, your eyes gradually go. So I've, I've done quite well. Oh, sorry. You you said about the astronauts and I was as you were saying it, I was thinking, what about, okay, if this was at sea? And then I was thinking, yeah, because hang on. If I if I'm if I'm the ship's if I'm if I'm a passenger on a ship exactly I'm not really a sailor you're not I? a sailor no no yeah. exactly exactly or, or if, if you're on a plane you're not a, you know an aviator you're just a passenger mm. and I think these people are passengers and I think they are actually starting to list them as astronauts and they're giving them their astronauts wings and mm. in the case of uh, the the Branson one I think that was just ridiculous I don't think he, he got high enough at all and it was just a he did when he was younger. <laughs> I've heard some terrible stories about him. He doesn't seem a particularly pleasant man. So. Our, our lawyers disagree and, and think he no, never got opinion. high when he was younger, was an and an he's opinion. a very lovely man. Oh, yeah. National treasure, apparently. If he wants to sponsor this podcast, that's fine. Um, yeah, why but, haven't we got sponsorship? People keep asking me that. Every other podcast has got sponsorship. I'm writing to Silly Bang. I've had enough of this. 
Well, there's a number of reasons why um, Irregu- we haven't asked anyone. Irregularity, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last one was in June. Yeah. Um, right. Um, I'll, I'll bother. If I'd have had time, I could have done a Star Trek quiz for you. So oh. let me think of some questions very, very quickly. Um, um, which Star Trek character's ashes were smuggled on board up to the International Space Station in 2008. I didn't know they were smuggled on board. It was uh, Scotty, wasn't it? It James, was James, James Dolan. Doohan. Which Star Trek character had a missing finger? Spock? Did, <laughs> no, did because Falcons always, only have... No no, 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 no. One of the actual actors had, had a, a finger missing and he always managed to disguise it. I think there's one scene where you can see he's actually missing his... I, I, I think it was cut. I think I think he lost it during the war because he was kind of quite a frontline troop, I believe, somewhere mm. like Okinawa or something. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, this is all hazy memory, but I think. But anyway, one of them is Mister Thing was missing a finger. Okay, I am just making this up, but what, what, what is the um, opposite of the? Is it Starfleet? The Federation. What? Yeah, what yeah. is the? Fed, who? Who are the Federation against usually? The Romulans. I'm still waiting for yeah. you to tell me who's missing a finger. I have no idea. It was Scotty, James. Oh, Dillon. yeah. Oh, the same fella. Oh, yeah. yeah. So his ashes gonna... are a little bit. You know, there's a bit of him missing still on Earth somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, uh, Romulan name comes from. Oh God, Romulus. The. Yeah, I think so. Uh, no, no, Rome, Rome, Rome. Remus and Romulus, wasn't it? Yeah. Rom- Romulus yeah, and yeah. Remus. Um, come on. This um, isn't bad off the top of your head. Um, ah! Uh, in my favourite ever line from Star Trek, um, what were ugly bags of... Oh, God. Isn't ugly this... ugly uh, bags of water. Who, oh. who were the ugly bags of water? I assume humans. Yes, humans. Who said that? Oh, it was brilliant. So... I never knew you were a Trekkie. This is a, this is a revelation. Oh yeah, only the original series, and then a little bit that fellow with the bald head. Um, Have you? Oh, the new series of Picard. I really enjoyed that. The new mm. the new Picard on yeah. Amazon. Um, basically, uh, it's the original series, which is so camp and you know, it's yeah. great. I love it. So they go down to a planet and they're treading on this sparkly sand. Oh, that's interesting, sparkly sand. So they scoop a bit up and they bring it back up to the spaceship. And well, who'd have thunk it? The little sparkly bits of sand take over the spaceship. Uh, and get hold of its um, um, uh, communication system and end up saying to uh, Kirk and the rest of them, ugly bags of water, why are you hurting us? Ah, oh, just... I don't remember that, that one. Oh, that was brilliant. I brilliant. thought you were going to say that the, the, little, the, the little scoops of sand turned into like, these women who had an affair with James T. Kirk, which every every alien species seems to. Wouldn't a, you? Um, um, James T. Tr- Kirk? Trouble with... Uh, trillabytes, tri- 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 uh, well, Trib- tribbles. Tri- yeah, trouble with tribbles. I love that episode. One. I love that episode. Uh, what about the one where? Sorry, everyone else who can't stand Star Trek or indeed There's sci-fi. Nobody out there who listens um, to this podcast. Uh, you mean when you say <laughs> out there? Um, uh, they go down to a planet, and you can't walk on the grass, but it's a perfect society, except. One of them, a kid kicks the ball, one of the, the kids of the planet, yeah. the, the ball goes over the little wire yeah. into the grass, and I think it's Scotty, or some, you know, easily got rid of crew member that we haven't heard of, j- crosses over the little thing to get the ball, and there's a death sentence for him. Uh-huh. And at that point, is James D. Kirk going to interfere in the culture of this planet, or not? Sounds a bit like modern England, that does. Mm. Actually, there's a John Scalzi did a a good book I think um, called Red Shirts, which was all premised around the idea of like the story of like the, you know, because they were the ones who always died are the ones that when they go down to the surface of the uh, the planet, it'll always be like you know, Kirk, um, Mr. Spock, maybe Mr. Sulo, and then some bloke in a red shirt, and you know the guy in the red shirt. Yeah, you're you're toast, mate. Yeah, that, I think that's the premise of the book. Yeah, it's a bit like um, Austin Powers, where you know they have a little segue when 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 Austin Powers kills one of the guy's henchmen, and then it cuts to the uh, the family of the henchman receiving the phone. Call. Sorry, Jimmy, he's dead. <laughs> what happened? Um, do you agree? Um, even if it's uh, quite basic, but some of the best philosophy is that 
the well, both the Star Treks that I've watched. I, I didn't watch the one after the Picard series. Um, is actually f- chock a block full of philosophy. Oh God, yeah. I mean, Star Trek yeah. is that's what Star Trek is. Every one of them yeah. is like a lovely kind. Of, but that's what science fiction is. It's the conceit of like really kind of hard, difficult ideas, but you know, projected into a like fantasy world. I, mm. I love sci-fi for that reason. Star Trek's brilliant. Uh, the mm. next generation's great. I mean, it just carried on. It, the, the only ones I've not watched are some of the later ones. I don't think I've watched um, the what, Deep Space Nine. But people tell me it's great. I just or Blake Seven. I've never watched Blake Seven. I've, I, no, me neither. I was, I was a Space Nineteen Ninety Nine fan with uh, Martin Lando and uh, the woman with the dots on her eyebrows. I can't remember her name. But... Never watched that either. Um, listen, we're we're, we're nearly. Um, unless can you well can you give me any Star Trek um, either plots that I'll remember of a particular program? Um, Mud Captain Mud was in uh, quite a few of them, or uh, any quizzes, or we can just pack it in. See you. I'll see you next year. I'm sure there was something I was going to ask you, but I can't honestly think what it was now. Was it geopolitics? Was it football? Was I going to tell you about that awful chant? I would. Uh, well, there was a there was a spitting image. At the, a spitting image. No, no. I say spitting image is very good, by the way. Although it's not available in the, the UK. The new one. Yes, very, very, uh, very, very good. I hated the old oh. spitting image. Well, the old spitting image became just crass and vulgar and just not very funny. But this one is really, really sharp, and the satire is just nailed on every time but for some reason it's only available on like which annoys me it's on Britbox which is spun, which is funded by the BBC so I think we should damn well have a spitting image but um, yeah it's on it's free on YouTube if you're outside the UK which is so annoying because it's it is so the Boris ooh, Johnson ooh, stuff is hang on I've got a call coming in the other line if I if I hold and accept yeah will our phone call um, thank you. Hold on. No, no, we, no, it won't. Can we put it into not, the podcast without anybody phone. knowing? And, and therefore, yeah. that's why we don't get any sponsors. Yeah. Go on. No. <laughs> I'm not I doing don't. that. It's illegal. <sighs> Where anyway. were we? Yeah, do you want to know about the chant? Yeah, I want to know about the chant, and I'll tell you about the spitting image. No, spitting image, I've done it again. The spitting... Oh, go on, carry on. Well, older viewers, we haven't got our video switched on, but we are recording this for video. Older viewers... Might remember the Roy Hattersley. Uh, yeah, that was real yeah, spitting. Image. Anyway, um, uh, uh, oh yeah. So every flipping club that we play um, has a chant with Jimmy Savile is one of your own. Oh, now, okay. yeah. Oh God, yeah. Everywhere was we Jimmy go. Jimmy Savile. Uh, it was a Leeds lad. Yeah, he, he, he used to work at Jimmy's, the 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 um, St. James, the, the the local hospital. Yeah. And I've said this to you before. Honestly, we all knew when I was twelve years old. I was told he's a dodgy geezer. Stay away from him. Really? Oh God, yeah. But the whole, you know, and I, I never met anyone who actually liked him. And anyway, we we were told as kids he's dodgy. Um, where was I? Anyway, so every, every club we play at some point during the game. Jimmy Savile, he's one of your own. Now, you know, just as you shouldn't make fun of the Munich air disaster, you shouldn't make fun of this, I don't think that's a particular thing to be uh, making a joke of. The response is always one of several vulgar responses, uh, such as, um, Jimmy Savile, he's probably your dad. Yeah, you're not supposed to laugh, although... Yeah, I see, I've got see, a very, this, very, very dark sense of humour. So you I know, know. This, this is this is it. This is why. I mean, it is in football terms, it's bants. Outside of that world, in a certain social class, it's disgusting, and you know. Mm. But mm. you know, a you started it, and b not that's not childish. B um, oh, no, there is no b because he shouldn't be making fun of the whole situation. It was tragic. But anyway. Just for the first time, I heard one that I hadn't heard before because we haven't ever... I didn't join in, I hasten to add, because I'm a nice boy. Um, but we were playing Watford, right? And you remember their their chairman? Used to be, or maybe still is, but used to be, I think, is a famous uh, Elton popular... John? Elton John. Uh, I was careful of who I was going to mention there because I think this 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 is this is going into dark territory. Go on, yeah, well, Elton John. He, he can sponsor us if he wants, despite the Leeds fans coming back to... To with um, let's put it this way, Jimmy Savile. He knew Elton John in a biblical sense. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Actually, I, I, you see, the thing is with dark humor, my, my sense of humor is very dark, but I think if you don't have religion to sort of excuse and explain the, the evils of the world, like humor is the best way, and it's sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's <sighs> Yeah, but hang on. That, but that's not... Like I said, you know, I'm actually not very worked up about it. It's football, but that doesn't excuse everything. But but you are still using a very tragic. You're you're not making fun at it. You're making fun with it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, I my attitude is you always have to punch up. So yeah, I I I. <sighs> I, I kind of yeah I I can't, I mean I I actually drew Jimmy Savile recently in a, a picture where I drew him as a skeleton but um yeah I I, I think Savile is a particularly difficult area because mm. it's not just the fact what he did it's the fact that there was like you just said you knew for many years and everybody seemed to know from I mean Jerry Sadovich was banned from TV for mentioning it in the eighties mm. in his career I mean he was a great magician and a I mean, his comedy is probably too much for television, but he was banned because he'd mentioned it. John Lydon had mentioned it. There were a few right. people yeah. who'd famously mentioned it. I didn't know about it. I I actually, I was actually really saddened because one of my most memorable, I think I might have mentioned this before, one of my most memorable train journeys is when I was going to university at Liverpool and we were travelling in. And uh, the train, our train goes from like Manchester to Liverpool, but it would like be like York, it probably leads Manchester, Yorkshire, you know, there's that kind of mm. line. Mm. And all of a sudden on the tannoy, it said, goodness gracious, we are now coming into, you know, Lime Street Station and, you know, it's Jingle Jangle Julie and all this stuff. And it was like, it made, every, it made everybody's day. He was in the, he was in the conductor's cabin, you know, doing uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, doing yeah. the train thing. And that's like, it made every, you know, click every trip and all this or whatever this is the age of the train you know yeah. well so, yeah, you know I was, I was yeah, shocked yeah no, it was it was awful um, and of course you can't go you know I can't do that Jimmy so what was it <laughs> you can't do that anymore which is probably a good thing um, on, on in a similar theme you can't sing two little boys had two little toys yeah I mean this by, is it. my childhood was ruined by for I, younger I, viewers I used to watch Cat Rolf Harris Rolf Harris was my first Person I used to watch yeah. cartoon. Many a football chant came out of um, Gary Glitter and the, the Glitter Band. But I was never a fan yeah. of Gary Glitter. Well, I wasn't. I he was he was really a odd. But no, there was the um, we're back again. Get back, get back. And it was just made for the terraces, and they all fell out of fashion, quite understandably. Um, should we stop now? It's an interesting conversation. I was actually having this conversation yesterday because we were talking. Um, which it's noticeable how some people get away with things that other people don't. Bill Wyman was always given a huge pass by the mm. media, and I could never understand it. Yeah, another mm. person will get, get absolutely condemned for something. So, we, we, I was, it's, it's something. There's something in our media which is a little bit questionable. I don't, I don't quite know what it is. Whether it's the the, the influence of money or celebrity or whatever, but. It's a strange one. They always seem to get go after these people after they get old and, um, you know, mm. no longer popular. Mm. And once they're popular, they're happy to sort of go along with it if they can get the names on the papers, you know, sell papers, sell magazines, and you know, the morality doesn't change just because you get older. I think you're right. I mean, sometimes it's just sheer laziness. Sometimes it's oh, you know, people like them. Sometimes they yeah. don't know. Sometimes they can't prove it. But sometimes they just think. Ah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's not healthy. Yeah, it's not. Come on, um, end on a pleasant point. Pleasant. Yes, pleasant I was hoping we could suddenly do a quick swerve into something nicer to end on. Which can, is, can can I mention you've moved out of London and you can sort of tell me, is life better outside London? Uh, in many ways, yes, and in some ways, no. Really? Uh, the air is much cleaner, which is why I moved. Uh, I got do you, know, do you notice that? Do you seriously oh, notice God, that? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It, honestly, I'm, I'm, I am uh, not as unhealthy as I was. Um, really? I'm still unhealthy. Um, yeah, I, yeah. That oh, wouldn't but, have occurred to me. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, well, I, I, lived, I lived under the Heathrow flight path um, yeah. by the A4 uh, motorway, uh, uh, dual carriageway. And uh, yeah, air quality was awful, and it's much much better. Wow, I'm 20 miles outside London. Um, I, I still am exhibiting London tendencies where if I have to wait more than 10 seconds for anything, you know, yeah. I'll throw a hissy fit. No, what? Because, do you miss the cafe um, culture? The, well, the... there's a few cafes, um, yeah. but I do, and I, I miss I miss Titch off the fruit and veg stall. Who's a Brentford season ticket holder? I always yeah. talk about football because. Nobody. I wear my lead shirt sometimes. Really, yeah. just I used to wear it in London just to annoy people, and it worked. 
And I wear it around here and no, no, no one gives you a second look because they're not football fans because it's too posh. Yeah. Um, so that's quite disappointing. Um, no, there's some decent restaurants. There's some all right cafes, uh, airs cleaner. Uh, Pace of life slower. Yeah, which is, you know, as you get a little bit older is a good thing. Um, uh, I, I miss the buzz, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Scott Fitzgerald had this line about the constant flickering of the city, of movement, the constant flickering yeah, yeah. of movement yeah. in the city. Yeah. And I do like that. I mean, for example, you know, I, I, I used to and still do a little bit of cycling. I actually prefer cycling in London. Because well, you've got the infrastructure st- probably as well. Yeah. Well, there's always stuff to look at. Yes. Always, and yes. also, nobody, nobody else is going more than 12 miles an hour, same yeah. as you are. Whereas out here, you get on a bike and some someone's whizzing past you at 45 miles an hour. It's scary. Yeah. Well, I, so, I, I, I used to cycle. Well, I, I am a cyclist. I do enjoy cycling. Mm. But I must, cycling around here is just so boring. You just get fed up with looking at the same. Yeah, flat, well, that, exactly. That, that's tedium. it. Yeah, I mean, I've even got some reasonably nice countryside, but um, once you're a couple of miles out, but yeah. it's just boring. Whereas in London, yes. you, you, once you've seen one hedgerow, you've seen them all, haven't you? Yeah, I, I, I think so. And, you know, field, I, yeah. until only a few years ago, I, I used to have this phrase that I get nervous when the concrete runs out. Yeah, and I have got over that. I do actually like it out here. You know, I mean, I'm just in a small town. I'm near London. I go in. Uh, I don't regret moving. Um, you know, on balance. It's the right thing, but you know, many things there's uh, there's downsides. Yeah. Come on, one last Star Trek thing. Come on, think Go of on. an episode. Go on. Oh, no, God, no, I, think... I can think of loads. Oh, you think of an episode. I, I honestly can't think. What's the one with the blo- that ends with a bloke with a big head? <laughs> oh yes. I always used to haunt me as a kid. That that face yeah. at the end. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's where Teletubbies got the idea from, probably. Um, <laughs> all right. The the one where the the hippies take over the ship. Oh, I don't remember that one. Oh, it's brilliant. Jeez, I, don't, I don't seem to remember. And, and, and they all say things like, "Hey, man, that's really groovy," but you know, we've got to we've got to get to Eden. They're trying to find a planet. They're going to call Eden. They're going to colonize it. They're led by some nutter who they all pretend to be nice. Well, most of them are nice hippies, but the leader is an evil type who's insane. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about philosophy. Um, they take over the ship somehow, and they they take a little shuttle, get down to Eden. Looks absolutely lovely, just as Eden should do. Um, Kirk and some bloke in a <laughs> red shirt <laughs> who does actually get killed, yeah. uh, and and a couple of the others they beam down to go and get them. Uh, unfortunately, they're almost too late because th- one or two of them have eaten of the fruit of the tree in Eden, yeah. which uh, is acid, okay. and kills them. So you know you've got a bit of Genesis, a bit of Bible. Bit of yeah. Old Testament, bit of sci-fi, bit of philosophy about you know you can't ever have perfection. It's all it's all going on there. I'm going to have to go back and watch some of these so I can test you. I never knew you were a Trekkie. This is this well, is. I a wouldn't huge... call myself a Trekkie, but well, I I would. I thought I liked Star Trek, but no, God, I can't name it. Stuff stuff. Oh, like first it. interracial kiss. Oh, that was Kirk and. Um... Was it who? And Spock. It was Kirk and Spock. Was it no, Kirk it and Spock? Oh, right. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I made that up. That'll be the first inter interspecies gay kiss. No, it <laughs> okay. was it, w- it was Kirk and Uhuru. Yeah. Lieutenant Uhuru. Yeah. Um, and as you know, Uhuru means freedom in Swahili. I didn't know that. But no, I'm not as trekky. I think she was originally up to play um, Spock, I think. I read it the other day. Oh. I, th- mm. I, m- I might be mis. mis- she wore very, very short skirts, that. Uhuru. Well, they all did, didn't they? <coughs> of course, Kirk, Kirk Me wore too. a truss. Me too. <coughs> no, no, Me look, too. it's a statement of fact, and we know why they did, because bloody producers made them for commercial yeah, reasons. Um, but of course, Kirk, Kirk, in the last few episodes, was wearing a, a truss to hold his um, his increasing was weight it? in. Yeah, was God, it? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. You can a see truss? it sometimes. You can just... Do well, I don't know if it's a truss. A Something that co- yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, it, of course it. himself. Have a, have a look uh, in some of the later episodes. That's, you that's, can just that's, see that's the, the line. James T. Yeah. Kirk had ruptured himself, had to wear a truss. No, well, all right. Corset. Corset. Um, corset he did. Um, where <laughs> were we? Look, we've done an hour. Let's go away. Um, and oh. I'll leave you, I'll leave you uh, the power um, to, 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 um, to play a bit more of either the Star Trek Klingons on the starboard bow yeah. or Selector and their, their version of um, James Bond. I was thinking... Get, I, was, I was going to think maybe I'll play Christmas Carol, because I assume that's the next podcast. <laughs> Do what you like. Engage. <laughs> Bye. Right.
There we are, mate. Um, I would say that's about one hour, two minutes. That was very nicely done. Ah, God bless you. Um, God, I mean, honestly, I thought, right, we'll get 40 minutes out of this, and but, but then we just got carried away. You've been listening to the What and the Why podcast with Tim Marshall and David Waywell. All accidental thuds, clicks, and sniffs provided by Waywell Audio, experts in thuds, clicks, and sniffs for professional audio productions. Tim Marshall's new book appears in paperback in October. This Christmas, David Way will be playing the role of Marcus Lump, the itinerant simpleton in the Accrington Players production of Annie.